The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is sponsored by Unity.org. Elevate your life with the Rise Into Your Power Habit Tracker. Track up to 10 habits for 30 days and experience transformative results. To learn more, visit go.unity.org forward slash rise. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to the Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes everyone and thank you yet again another week and your participation just means the world to me and to to Jeff our station manager we're just so blessed we greatly appreciate you here at the intentional spirit we bring in gifted and amazingly talented people from all over the world who stand for things that are current in our society to offer practical solutions and ideas and we're just very grateful for the types of people that continue to show up and show up after 12 years and running. So it's been just a very enlightening and special time. And I know I learn something each and every week. You know, remember the idea about being intentional is that intentional people continue to walk through whatever they're going through and not waiting for something to get better or not waiting for something to go away or not in denial that one day I'll pretend like it never happened but that face life head on with faith and with energy. And I just love the idea of having our incredible guest today, Lisa Roseman. She's a theologian and founder of Inner Healing Christian Ministry in Southern California. And she's done so much that her bio would take up the whole show. So I'm just going to say, hi, Lisa. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Hello. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for being here and thank you for being one of those people that believes that you want to leave the world a better place than the way that you you found it. And I want to honor you as a difference maker. That's my whole thing is uh, creating difference makers out in the world as well as identifying them and learning. And so I just really appreciate what what you're doing in so many different ways and you've helped people all over and i love that you know and i i think that we're all helping the teachings of um universal principles that it's you know yes you pray but you also move your feet you know and you do things you know to dip in and make a difference but take us on a journey about about your life um and why these things in your ministry and in your work matter to you today, because our audience doesn't have uh, the opportunity to know you in advance as, as I do. Thank you so much. Uh, I've been a Christian for almost 30 years, and uh, it's been quite the journey. And the life work that I've been uh, really intentional about over the last 10 years is helping people connect with their creator, with God, in a way that they hear, see, sense, or feel that connection to be, and to help them experience breakthrough, to walk in their purpose and calling, and to uh, really step into the identity that they have as a loved child of God, and um, just that that connection is there. So uh, the connection with our Creator, with God, uh, is the most important thing. That's our foundation. And from there, gosh, we can accomplish a lot of things. (laughs) Mm-hmm. In that the so, truth, and I, you know, I was I was looking also that you, you know, that you equip people, you know, within addiction recovery centers, and I know that's been a big part of my ministry. As and even in my thirties, uh, being open about um, my issues with addiction of alcohol, never holding back, coming up on thirty-four years of sobriety. Um, I've always felt that it was important, you know, to teach in these spiritual communities things that people can take home, you know, things that people can use, whether it's addiction to sugar or to other people or, 
you know, whatever it may be. So I was very excited when I read everything about you because you're all about that. What part of Southern California do you live in? I'm in Laguna Niguel, which is not too far from Laguna Beach. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I've had the uh, Sozo ministry that I do for 10 years at my local church. Uh, and I love what you're sharing about, um, you know, we all have our own struggles and things that we go through. So what I tell people is what God does in you, he will do through you. And this mm-hmm. is how we develop empathy and we develop uh, being able to attune with people when they're struggling because we've been in that place. So I love how God uses the the healed to bring healing. And in that place, it's like that ripple effect that it continues. And this is how we do community so well, because we really are, a, a, you know, a group of healed healers that continue to, um, you know, put that push that out to the world so that others can step into that same place. So Uh, beautiful Southern California. We have people that come from all over the world uh, to get the ministry that we do. And it's a blessing that we have such a large outreach to be able to, the internet's an amazing thing these days, so people can find you. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love, I love, I love that. Um, You know, I'm, I'm just thinking as you're talking, um, I, I didn't do uh, AA, um, I actually immerse myself in spiritual community and, um, that was what I did. And so I took every class I could, I read every book I could, um, you know, watched every video, you know, whatever. Um, but, and so the point is, is that, um, being an orator and a speaker and a teacher, you know, of course it would make sense that I would teach at AA meetings, but because I didn't do AA. So there's these other places I get invited and um, I walk in and I go, welcome to the most gifted people on the planet. <laughs> you know, and they, they look at me like, what, what are you, nobody's ever said that to me. And I said, mm-hmm. well, you know, often when we look under emotional pain or relational disconnect, and I'm using some of your own terminology and the work you do in your own ministry, you look at addiction, you know, it's the gifted, the voiceless of the gifted that are seeking to find their way. And often because other people they perceived abandoned them or religion abandoned them. They go on and I'm one of those people. We go on to abandon ourselves. And so mm-hmm. all that, all that said, I, it's shocking when people go, well, everybody's called me. I'm just a Royal pain. Nobody's ever told me I'm gifted, but I love that we're giving people specifically you working, you know, in this work all the time, different windows to look in and to look out of, And I always tell people that if you really want to be a difference maker, then, you know, and you want to do great things in this life, then, yeah, you probably had some great problems, but how could you relate to people otherwise? You know, how could you Mm -hmm. have empathy? How could you, how could you hold the space that a person's going to get better if you didn't know within yourself that you got better, you know? Um, so it's just very interesting. I get very excited about this subject, but back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you're sharing. It's so important. <laughs> it's so important. It's so important. And this is where, uh, you know, with the book I've written, and we'll get into that a little bit, um, the place that I had to find in a new level of navigating with God through a very difficult time in my life, it changed my faith and it changed the way that I interact with God, because that tends to intensify when we're in a great place of need. And so as we're, you know, when things are going good, things are great, and we're able to just, you know, go through life, and things are are clicking, and, and we're able to just, you know, sail through. But then when those seasons come where there's challenge, and there's great uh, upheaval in a person's life, this is where the opportunity to tap into the spiritual place uh, is is available. So even when things are difficult or when we have these issues that we're dealing with, I always look at that as, well, it's actually an opportunity for you to step into a deeper level of faith, of spirituality, and connection with God and with others. So 
it kind of takes away, you know, all of the, the heaviness of the season that we're in. And it brings in that hope and encouragement, which that's really what I live for is bringing people hope and encouragement and light so that they know that, yes, the darkness might be there, but there's always that balancing place that brings you uh, the other side of, of the coin, I would say. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's, at times it's almost like we, without sounding divided or, or too, you know, self-righteous, it's almost like we, we, we just truly don't have an understanding that the more that happens to you, the more there is of you to happen. And most people aren't really taught that. It's like, well, if I'm so great or not not great, like in a, a boastful way, but if I'm so blessed and I'm so, you know, going to church or I'm practicing being a great, a good person or whatever, then, you know, and I had these things happen to me and these things just really jolted me and they took my energy away and now I'm 40 and I'm just kind of tired and I'm worn out. But part of my whole energy and essence is about, and I know that you do a lot, you know, towards people with cancer, is that you can take those moments in your life and they can, in the way that you embrace them and walk with them, they can make you have more energy, be younger, uh, be more dynamic than you've ever been before. And, um, but we're not taught that, you know, um, we're not told that for sure. So, um, yeah. Give us the background about your 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 book. And everybody tuning in, you can go to thehighestofcare.com. I love the title, The Highest, not just get through the day and do what you can. <laughs> the Highest of Care. Yes, yes, and it is. So I, uh, my mother was diagnosed with cancer, uh, and it was a 22-month journey that I was with her as her caregiver. She lived in my home. And uh, it was a very difficult time, not only dealing with the illness that she had, but also with our relationship. It was uh, very challenging for me. And so in all of that, I still chose to honor her and to do what I promised God I would do, which was to take care of her and, and help her in any way that I could. And so uh, the book is about my journey as a caregiver for my mom. Uh, I call it my first rodeo because I'd never been through anything like that in my life. And it took, uh, I actually feel like I was rebirthed in a place where I was different coming out on the other side. So uh, the purpose for writing the book is to come alongside people that uh, get a diagnosis or a loved one gets a diagnosis, and then their whole world changes. It comes from out of nowhere. It's not something that we ever sign up for or, you know, we're saying, okay, on this day, just we don't know when that's going to happen. And so when your world is turned upside down, what do you do? So the book is a practical help as far as my journey of everything from, you know, diagnosis to moving her to what do we do with these test results to what is hospice? What is all of these big, big things that are revolving around your loved one or perhaps yourself in this journey of receiving this, this diagnosis? Um, it, it's, it's really a, a place to help people. The book is meant to help you to navigate, and I, I share some of my own inner healing tools that I have and, and navigation tools, I call them, because I needed God to help me to steer the boat that I was in in order to care for her well. And then in the end, uh, you know, provide the highest of care, which I could only do so much. And then God really came in and provided his highest of care. So it's a full circle book about the journey and then um, there's quite a spectacular miracle that happens at the end of the story that um, is, is also part of the part of the big picture. And when did the book come out, Lisa? 
Uh, the book was released the end of April, so it came out April 29th, and uh, we've had quite a, an amazing time with the publicity with it and just being able to share at different churches. Um, there's some more things that are kind of come through the book in order to help people uh, just as far as different resources and other, other things to help people in their journey. It's, it's, this work is so crucial, you know, it, it, it's so, it's so critical. And especially with the, uh, the C word, you know, because yeah. there's just so much of it. Um, I don't know how many times in community and we're, we're a sizable community. So, you know, there's the allowance of that, but I know so many times it's like at any given moment, there's several people that are walking with cancer at the, at the same time, you know, and, um, and to have a support system that's really there and uh, supportive and understands the value of it and the energy that you get. You know, when you are tending to and supporting someone else, it's um, it's not like dinner conversation. It ought to be. Um, and maybe books like this will create that. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. The subject of death, uh, it's, you know, people view it as very morbid and it's like, oh, we don't want to talk about that. And certainly there's an element of a bit of denial there because there's a lot of unknowns. You know, and people don't want to really go down that path. And, and I understand that. I was certainly not touched in the way that I was by the reality of death um, prior to my mom getting sick. And so the purpose of the book is to bring hope and encouragement and to show where God is with you, because the most important thing is you're never alone. You're never alone in your journey. You may feel alone. You may feel lonely. Um, there may be issues, and I address this too, of, you know, you lose your community a bit and you get isolated and you're overwhelmed and there's things that kind of like cave in on you a little bit, but ultimately you're never alone because the presence of God is is there. But sometimes people need help in identifying what that is or how they experience that. So, uh, and this is with cancer or anything temple as far as the um, the big picture. You know, you could have another terminal illness that could be the diagnosis. And so the whole point of the book is to bring hope and encouragement and not talk about death necessarily. But um, I could share now that at the end of her life, I had a life after death encounter alongside my mom. I saw, I witnessed with my eyes open her leave her body. A lion's face appeared on the wall behind her head in her room. And I saw incredible, incredible things that talk about hope and encouragement. It's hard to lose a loved one, but oh my goodness, what is coming? And, and what we have to look forward to eternally is the reason why I wrote the book in the first place. Wow, that that's very powerful. Lisa, would you please um, write me at templehays at gmail, H-A-Y-E-S, so I'll have your email address because other people set up these interviews for me, my producer does, um, uh -huh. because there's a gentleman in Santa Barbara, California, who has an organization uh, and a book coming out really quickly with Simon & Schuster about shared crossings. And that's just what you described. And I would love to connect the two of you together. Wonderful. Okay. I will, so I will anyway, I will do shared that. crossing. Okay. okay. So, okay. Um, um, yeah, that's very exciting. You know, I just really love that um, for well, sure. You can see the video. If you want to see the 12-minute testimonial of what I just described, you can go to thehighestofcare.com. And you can watch the 12-minute video of me describing what happened when my mom passed from this world. And it's incredible. I mean, I, it's probably the most incredible thing I've ever witnessed or encountered in my nearly 30 years of, of being a Christian. 
And this is the message I want to get out to people because the message I was told to tell the world is God is alive, he's real, and that he wants you. And, and that is the most important thing that we know, that we're wanted, that we're loved, that we're seen, that we're known, not only with God, but with each other. So, Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I love those conversations that there's so much more than, you know, what, again, what a, we only do, what is it they say, two to five percent of what our brain is able to do. And these kind of things and people like you um, and people like William Peterson bring out a new reality of what's possible, of what's happening. Um, And I I can't say I've had exactly, of course, the same experience that you have, but I've had experiences in the last hours with people and even with my own father's death. And um, it changes you forever. You know, it changes you forever. Um, as it as it, it has does. with you, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and again, the 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 place where I want to be a resource for people is how can I be of of help? Um, next month, I'm going to be releasing a curriculum called the Highest of Care Support Groups, and I want to connect people and community with each other so that you kind of have somebody to go through your journey with the thing with caregiving is it's not a forever thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a season that you go through. It's going to probably be one of the most difficult, but one of the, again, opportunities for you to connect with your creator and with others. And so uh, I, I think for me where I didn't have the support I needed in the first year of caring for her, I've learned, gosh, if I could, do this over in a different way, not that I would choose that, but the, the, the process of it all, I would, I would want to have been equipped more with, gosh, the value of community and self-care and being able to navigate through what I needed during the time um, when you're feeling you know, consumed or overwhelmed because that can go that way sometimes. What are some tools and things that you can do to um, kind of refresh and, and and revive your energy and what you're pouring out so that you feel like, yes, I can continue on and get through the next day the next day. So uh, that's my heart is to just really come alongside people and help them and give them these resources, whether it's support groups or um, we're releasing a journal that's going to go with the book so that they can go through and people can journal and, and I can teach them this inner healing model so that the connection with God, you can write about it and, and you know, have that, that intimate time that you need to build your strength and maintain that energy. So I've got a lot of stuff to, to give to people and I'm very excited to be, uh, you know, able to share to bring people the resources. I, I just really admire your dedication and your, your commitment. It's, uh, it, it takes an intentional spirit, you know, to keep walking with the, the clarity that other people can, can have this information. And, we are, um, as we've all addressed, you know, often is that sometimes, especially with people's parents, when they're, when they're aging, you know, in the former days of life, people used to move an aging parent into their home or things like that. And sometimes you just, it just won't work, you know, with lifestyles and otherwise, but, or it's not really honoring the independence that the parents, um, you know, still long to have as an individual. But on the other hand, it's very um, interesting how um, we have gotten away from, like you said, well, let's not talk about death and let's not talk about these things, you know, let's just act like they're not going on. And um, and it, it really does take away from some of the potentiality of, of what is possible and, and that deeper part of love. Because we're all going there, you know, mm-hmm. at some point. <laughs> one, 
sometime or another, you know. That's right. Sure. That's right. And so knowing that direction of, of what's going to happen, um, it really takes away the fear of the unknown, uh, the bigger picture of that. So, again, that miracle that I saw and, and what happened, uh, and that's that video on, on the website, it's that 12-minute testimony. It's very powerful. And what's most amazing is that there's evidence that was left behind that this happened. So th this lion's face that appeared behind her head is still on the wall where, she, where her room is. It's still there. So I get to see this reminder every day of, of how God broke through space and time to reach through and, um, we still got lots you know, to share and one look right back after the short break. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for being here with us and, and really appreciate you and how you share our show, either Either you are listening to it live online or you are listening to it at another time. And because of you, we are a very popular show. And uh, most of all, it's our it's our guest and their intentions that help make this show something that people really want to pay attention to. Because we talk about things that are going on in everyday life and how uh, leaders and teachers and practitioners and authors uh, come to understand various tools that we can always use in this modern life that we live in. Today we're featuring Lisa Roseman. She has a tremendous background. You can go to her website, The Highest of Care, thehighestofcare.com, and that's her new book, The Highest of Care, A Journey Through Cancer. And think about all the people right now that you know that could benefit from having a book that talks about how to give the highest care to someone that you love and someone that you that you care about. So, um, Lisa, we were just kind of we've kind of delved in and out to the book with the book. So, um, kind of walk us through some of the things without giving the whole book away, <laughs> but walk us through some of the things that people can anticipate. I know that on your website you're actually giving away uh, the first chapter. So again, everyone, go to thehighestofcare.com. But Lisa, uh, enlighten us as to what we can expect. Thank you so much, Temple. Uh, I'm excited to, to be here and continue to share with what the book is about and how it can help uh, your listeners to gain strength and encouragement and hope. Um, the book is uh, an overview of my 22-month-long journey with my mom. And just looking at, I'm looking at the table of contents here and kind of being led uh, by the spirit to kind of see what to share, what's important for people, the highlights. Um, I think that the thing that can happen in life is we get something comes out of left field. And with a diagnosis of a terminal illness, that can happen. And uh, it's nothing that we can really plan for when it comes suddenly. And so how do you navigate uh, with my situation, with a difficult relationship with my mom, uh, the relationship became more strained because of the presence of her illness. And so it took me really having a lot of patience and at the same time finding that place where I chose to honor whatever her choices were in what she decided in her care. So part of me wanted to kind of take over and I knew what was best. I knew that she could, you know, do this type of treatment or do this or, you know, eat a certain way. And with my mom, because she was in denial of her illness and was very stubborn, so she didn't want any interaction from the kid, me, to tell her what to do or to bring 
added advice. I had to learn in that hard space to disconnect in such a way where I was able to still care for her, but honor the choices that she made about her body, her care, and the way she wanted to do it. That was a difficult place to be in, and this is what I share in the book. How did I do that? How do you honor somebody who has quite a high level of denial and the relationship is strained and there's an element of stubbornness? So I share about that in the book, um, getting the diagnosis. At times, I felt like I was living in somebody else's world. I, I thought maybe they mixed up the records, maybe... You know, it started out with a, a, a slight pain in her leg. There was no evidence that she had anything serious. And so when I went to Arizona from California to go see what was going on with her, she was having trouble walking. And we thought, oh, arthritis or something degenerative in, in her knee. It ended up that uh, the cancer was, was in her her femur bone. And so that was mm. so shocking to me that I I, I didn't know what what to do i mean i would try to drive my car when i was helping her and do errands and i would lose direction i was like where am i and i those are the streets i grew up on and so the disorientation that came from the shock wave uh, i had to navigate so i share that in the book and and how that was for me um moving a parent from another state into your home that's a big thing um, setting up the house. How do you do that when uh, the parent needs a walker or other accommodations? Um, how do you make it safe for them? What's the best way to um, go about that? Um, learning to be a caregiver. I had never done something like this before. So was I sleeping? No. Was I on high alert? Yes. Um, there were issues that came in that she was a fall risk. And so if she fell, what do I do? How do I handle it? Um, sharing space with, with a parent that uh, we did better living apart with distance than being under the same roof. And so that was hard. <laughs> that, was, that was a challenge. Um, hospice, how do you deal with that? What does it mean? To me, it was a frightening word. I thought, oh, dear, that's like the end. Mm -hmm. Well, my mom was in the hospice for 22 months, and uh, I call it a gift. The gift of the medical community and hospice that I encountered for my mom was the greatest help that I could have had other than God. It was, it was, hospice was no longer such a scary thing because I knew that the community of hospice is there to help and, and to do everything they can to make your loved one comfortable no matter how long their time is, um, you know, here with us. Um, wrestling with disappointment. I had a faith crisis. I was like, God, what, how could you let this happen? This is my mom. Like, she's a believer. What? You know, where are you? What's going on? And so that I discuss in the book. Like, I was angry with God. I was I was confused. I was um, disappointed. So that that comes up. My own depression that came, and how I navigated through uh, the first year was more difficult than the second year, as far as me feeling like um, I had a little bit more of a handle on things the second year I was able to get back in the community not be so isolated and uh, get get some support which is something that I desperately needed so the book is it's an easy read as far as the chapters go that are short and it's chronological but there's a lot of depth if that makes sense Temple oh totally yes absolutely so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a timely book. I, I think that you mentioned that C word, and we've got other things happening in society, that we have an aging global population. Um, people will enter into a season one way or another, probably with a parent, that they're going to need to come alongside and help them. Um, for me, it happened earlier than I ever thought it would. I pictured this happening 
20 years from now or down the road. And it's just something you see in the distance. Like, yeah, that's, that's down there, you know, but it's not something that you plan for. And so uh, it came much quicker than I had thought. Uh, and I had to scramble a bit and, and things happened very quickly because she needed help right away. And it wasn't something that could wait, meaning that she needed to get moved and into a place where I could help her immediately. So it was something that happened within just a, f- a matter of a few weeks before she was from diagnosis to her moving in. Well, one so of the you know points that you made about about hospice is that um, often when people hear the word hospice, they immediately go to, oh my gosh, you know, um, I'm not ready and the person's going to be dying next week. Um, in some cases, yes, that would be true. But there are also people that walk away from hospice. You know, there's also people that you're talking about with your mom that have more of an extended life because of hospice. Um, and it's just the most amazing organization that, um, one of the most amazing that I've ever known and who they are and how they, you're a co-partner, you know, and I think sometimes people confuse hospice with hospitals, don't you? Yes, absolutely. And that is a really good point. Hospice is kind of like your in-home hospital. So hospice will come in and do what the hospital can do most of the time. Um, and so what they want to do is be able to provide the care in the home as best as they can. And if then something happens where your loved one needs more than they can handle, obviously the hospital is the option. But hospice is it's a support system as well. So it's not just, you know, the medications or if your loved one needs oxygen or if whatever those needs might be. Hospice can provide physical therapy if needed. Hospice can provide volunteers to come in and relieve you. They can provide respite care, meaning, you know, you can take a few days and and they can arrange, you know, to have someone here. So different companies work in different ways. The one that I was with was the largest hospice company in America, and it's called VTOS Healthcare, and it's not a a plug for them, but I mentioned them in my book. And so that's my experience with hospice. And they were very accommodating. Uh, and a lot of the hospice companies are, that's just what they're designed to do. And as a caregiver, you're going to need absolutely the support and to be able to fall back on the qualified doctors and nurses that can help you to figure out what's going on as things shift or change with your loved one. So definitely my my view of hospice changed drastically because I too had that fear of, oh my gosh, hospice, you know, the loved one is going to be gone tomorrow. This is the end. And certainly in, in cases like with my mom, um, people can even graduate out of hospice for a time if they improve. So it's all about using the resources that are available to you and relying on those things that are available to you, knowing that those things are there. And uh, again, it goes back to that place of knowing you're not alone in your journey and that there is help for you. So absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing often. Um, I know I've certainly felt that way, you know, when I would fly in and members of my family or friends or whatever, like are in a hospital setting, you, um, you feel like you have no control or no say, do you know what I mean? And everybody Mm -hmm. needs an advocate, that's for sure. But, um, it's just a different paradigm with the hospice model. Definitely a different uh, paradigm. And what I love about the whole overtone of the book is you know, it's so easy for us as humans to think about when we're taking care of something. Well, that's more work on our part. Well, it, that takes a lot more, you know, of this and that. And, and I, you know, I feel that way sometimes with my age mom who doesn't have cancer. But, you know, it's like it's on your list of, you know, 
it's like you can't even language it because then you don't even sound like a great child. You know what I mean? But it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like you want to, yes. you want to be the best, but you know, many of us didn't retire at the age of having uh, aging parents like forever used to be. Uh, mm-hmm. If anything, we're, you know, we're all going to keep working and everything and sharing until uh, we're in our 80s and 90s. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, because yes, this that's is the what new we world want. that we live in. I mean, 60 is the new 40 and that's, uh, you know, there's no doubt about that. But right. um, that's, that's true. I, I do know that um, I think that there's something about, and I love that you say the highest of care, that you can become so much more deeper connected to not only the people that you are there serving or offering Seva to, but you also come to a reality of getting to know a part of yourself better. Absolutely. And again, the the thing with God is such an important component. And so, you know, people talk spirituality or sometimes I'll just say your creator, um, it, you need the highest of care while you're providing the care. You, you also, as a caregiver, need support. You need, you need the highest of care. And God can take care of you and your loved one at the same time. And so when things get overwhelming, you know, I have these amazing tools through this ministry that I do called Sozo, and I've been doing this for over a decade. And it helps people to connect with God in such a way that you know he's there and and there's a communication place that opens up for people that I have training to help them and so part of what I do is is inner healing and counseling and so in those places of being able to help people heal their hearts and to connect with God in their time of need then that's where you can get your highest of care because mm-hmm. you're going to need it. You're going to need the, the something to carry you through. And especially towards the end, when you kind of know that time is coming with your loved one, things begin to shift and change and hospice is letting you know, like there's, there's just certain things that happen. And I think in some ways it's, it, it's across the board, the same type of things that, that happen when a person is in decline. And so in that place, it's hard. You're like, well, you know, you don't know the time and when it's going to happen. And, and so having God there, and I believe that because I had this amazing miracle, it's not just for me, it's for other people too. They can step into this place of what God did at the end of my mom's life and say, you know, God, I want that for my loved one. I want the reassurance. I want to know. I want to know this truth. I want to see the eternity that you've promised. And I believe that because God is good, he's going to, even in that hard place of losing a loved one, he will honor that for people because he loves people. So I, I think that as each person encounters the testimony and the video and they see the miracle, then they can take it for themselves and say, you know what, God, I want that for my loved one when that when that time comes. I want that display of your promise, that display of your goodness, that display of, you know, the things I've read in Scripture or heard about. They're true. They're real. And so one of the things we ask in the book trailer is, is heaven real? And I can certainly say after what I saw with my mom's passing, Absolutely. Without a doubt. It's, it's more evident to me than the oxygen that I'm breathing right now. So there's the hope and encouragement component. There's the place where it's like my loved one is going to be okay. My loved one is going to be in the hands of the highest of care. And so it's okay then to let go and let them be in that place. And so that's what I want to give to people, Temple. I want people to just embrace and know that there's promise and it applies to their life and to their loved one. That's that's my heart for people. Well, because you're making that intentional, that's exactly, you know, what people are going to 
are going to receive. What's some of the feedback that you've been getting from the book? Oh, gosh, there's been so many uh, amazing reviews of people just feeling uh, hope and that although it's a difficult uh, subject, that it's so encouraging and helpful uh, to give those resources. And I've been told it's a very vulnerable book. Like, I, I just put it out there. I just, this is what happened with me, and I didn't hold back on some of the things that I struggled with, with some of my faith issues that came up. And I've had people say it's it's heartwarming. It's, it's I've had a couple of people say, you're like Mother Teresa. You just honored your mom so much, even though there were times where I don't know if I could have done that. And it was a choice that I had to make. It was that intentionality of, you know, I really just want to kind of walk out the front door and be done with this for today. But I came back. And so for people to see the uh, the commitment, you know, and so it lets them know, gosh, even if it's hard with my parent or I have a loved one that's difficult, I can go to this resource and learn from Lisa how she did some of those things that even for her were difficult. Um, so there's been just, you know, uh, encouraging, hopeful, inspiring. Um, you know, the book will open your heart to the tangible presence and miraculous works of God. That's one of the, the uh, reviews that we've had. Um, so just giving encouragement and, and hope and uh, resources, again, back to that place of what, what do I do when this is happening in my life? And where do, where, where do I turn? Uh, wh what's the importance of um, self-care and all of those things? So we've had a lot of really good um, feedback in the way of, thank you, Lisa, for being vulnerable, for sharing your truth, but also for giving us the hope and, and the promises of God. So it's been good. <laughs> It's beautiful. I just really, uh, I really value, you know, what you've done. And these conversations are constantly teaching all of us to go to the deeper part, you know, within ourselves. That's, that's what it's all about. And we're, we're learning, you know, all the time. And um, it's just, I was talking to a relative and saying, um, your children uh, who are in their 30s never call their grandmother, you know, and it's and so his response was, well, what do you want me to do? I can't make them. I said, no, but you know what you're making because you're not being a leader and you're too concerned about being your children's friends. What you're creating is one day that could be the future you. And you would be somewhere very aged and all you're doing basically is watching TV and getting through the day and you're teaching them that that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so what you're doing is you're creating those people of tomorrow because you've never spent the time to teach them the value and importance of this. That's where it comes from, you know, and, and so I, I just think these conversations are so important and so necessary and and my little goddaughter is five and a half but we're always going over to granny grandma's house do you know what i mean and so mm -hmm. she can say you know your hands are wrinkled why are your hands different mm -hmm. from mine these are the kind of things that prep the youth for the reality of parts of our lives that we don't need to spare them from Absolutely. And I love that you brought that up. Uh, we're creating a children's book called Lucy and the Lion. My mom's name was Lucille. And that oh, book, is, <laughs> it's designed to help kids and parents deal with what happened with grandma, you know, when grandma goes to heaven. And so in that, in that book for the children, it's going to introduce some of the sozo inner healing questions that are targeted to bring um, resolve for kids. And so it's going to help parents and kids to go, oh, okay, well, God wants to help me with my sad heart. 
he wants to put joy in there or he wants to put peace in my heart. And so it's going to help parents and children go through the grief because that's always part of it, but also to get the good promises again from God to be able to say, okay, we know where grandma is. Um, Death is so difficult for people to talk about with their kids sometimes. And sometimes with children, they need more than, well, grandma went to heaven. What does that mean? What does it mean? What, what, and, and what do I do with my, my sad feelings? And so it's great to be able to provide even this type of connection and inner healing through a children's book. And I love that that's been opened up to create that along with the journal that we're going to do to help people to process some of the the feelings and the big stuff that we go through. We need to get it out and we need to be able to process those things. And um, that's, that's part of the resources that, that I hope to provide for people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I would say you are, and I, I applaud you, applaud you for your, for your tireless effort. Um, everyone, I'm talking to Lisa Roseman, actually Reverend Lisa Roseman, who has um, a ministry and a work, and you can find out so much more about her and her book, The Highest of Care, A Journey Through Cancer, by going to thehighestofcare.com. You can visit me at templehays.com or firstunity.org to find out more about our spiritual education, uh, how to become a spiritual leader with our own program or lifelong learning. And we're just always providing uh, tools and ways that that you can uh, walk through this life and, and be proactive and be a self-actualizing uh, human being. We really appreciate your commitment to Unity Online Radio, uh, certainly the voice for the awakening world and all the various wonderful, wonderful hosts. I'm going to be at Unity Village on uh, the last weekend of August, so you can go to unity.org and look up retreats. We're going to be doing sacred shamanism, which is the root of the, in ancient times, it was the spirituality um, that existed in supporting people in their energy and understanding the darkness and the light and this conversation we call death. It's a pleasure to have you, Lisa. It's a pleasure to have you with us. And I'm very grateful for your time today. Thanks for having me, Temple. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.